Welcome to Baking with House of Bread, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. Today we're going to go into focaccia, and focaccia is another Italian type of bread. And I believe it was episode 32, I did cover ciabatta. Well, focaccia is different from ciabatta. Main reason is, is that uh, focaccia has olive oil in it. Um, which will produce a more of a uh, softer type of crumb, a little bit less dense than ciabatta. The other thing is, is that focaccia often has added seasoning. And it's usually done in a one-day process. Now, I have seen some recipes for focaccia where they add in a biga or poolish, if you will, which is where you mix some water and flour and a little bit of yeast the day before, and then you add it into the rest of the ingredients the next day. It's absolutely imperative that you do a poolish for ciabatta. And the reason why is because ciabatta is just basically flour, water, yeast, and salt. Those things really don't taste that great. So if you just mixed it and let it proof for an hour, an hour and a half and baked it, you would not be pleased with the results. It just takes a little bit of time to coax out some of the flavor and also to the texture. So the texture is developed in ciabatta with a lot more of a, well, it has a much longer rising time. And also too, you do several folds of the dough throughout that process. So focaccia, with the addition of olive oil, it's just going to taste, you taste the fat, right? So your flavor is not necessarily developed through the process and the method, but more from the ingredients, there's often seasoning in focaccia as well. And you'll see when I get into my recipe details that I put in garlic as well as pepper and some other additional seasoning. If you don't want to add in those seasoning, I'm going to give you several options to use, but you definitely got to use olive oil because that's part of the base of focaccia. It did originate in Genoa, Italy. And it is really a very popular bread in the bakery and I think all around the world, in fact. In Italy, they eat focaccia bread any time of the day. And I have to say it was much more popular than ciabatta when I was there. Uh, I remember getting served focaccia like at breakfast. And then they're, you know, they have focaccia with their glass of wine or mealtime or just snacks or appetizers, you know, throughout the day. And you can buy focaccia very easily in Italy because there's bakeries almost on every corner. <laughs> and it's like France in that sense is that most people in Italy, they buy their bread daily and it's really relatively inexpensive. You know, it's a staple of their diet. And I remember the last time I was in Italy was in 2007 and I vividly remember eating a lot of focaccia. And I also remember getting it served for breakfast, which I thought was peculiar. So I asked about it and they call it focaccia dolce, which is basically just means sweet focaccia. How they served it, it was sprinkled with some sugar on top. And I think the dough had some honey in it too. And so when in Rome, do as the Romans did. And so I had focaccia for breakfast on many days while I was there. And I also have another vivid memory of at a... It was an outdoor kind of bar and restaurant. Anyway, I was there at around happy hour time and I was actually drinking a beer, Peroni, I will say. There's this group of guys there and you could tell they just got off work 
and they were kind of, uh, you know, big burly type workers, like maybe construction or the road crew. I mean, you can kind of, they were like the, the manly men, so to speak. But what was funny about it was, is that they were all drinking red wine and they had these little cute little wine glasses that were very dainty and delicate looking. And so they're all drinking their wine. And guess what? They're eating focaccia. Now in the U.S., you probably see those same guys there drinking Budweiser <laughs> and consuming chicken wings or something. The focaccia got its name from a Latin root, which means focus, that is cooked on fire. If you go back in history, if you think about it, what, what happened was, is literally the focus of the whole family was on the place where the dough is being baked over the hot stones or the open fire. And that's where it got the name. And you have to remember back in the day, or, you, you know, people didn't have home ovens like we have so readily available to us, you know, so very convenient. I mean, you would think people bake bread more today because, because we have the, you know, we have electric mixers and ovens that makes it so much easier. But the reality is they were making a lot more bread back then. You also can cook this on a stovetop or, you know, that's what they used to do. Or what I've actually done is put it on a grill. It's kind of nice to do in the summertime, like when you don't want to turn your oven on, you know, you don't want to heat the house up. What I did is I made this focaccia dough. We had a grill and it did have a lid to it. So that was helpful. Um, but you don't necessarily need it because I've also done it other times without the lid. If you got the lid, use it though, because that's helpful. What I did is I made the focaccia, I spread it out, you know, thin like a pizza type area or kind of round or whatever it was. And then I put it in on top of the barbecue and it had open flames below. And then I shut the lid and it was pretty quick. It was only, I kept opening up the lid. It was like two minutes, I opened up, then up another two minutes, but it was really no more than five minutes. And then I flipped it and then did the same thing, shut the lid down, open it up, you know, two, two or three minutes later and see where it was at. And so it cooks really quickly. And then I pulled it out and I had my toppings already, put all my toppings on it and then put it back in the barbecue and just until like the cheese melted. And then I served it as focaccia pizza. And I happen to like that style. I do like other type of pizza too, but I mean, really, a lot of the pizza doughs, and I'm going to cover the pizza doughs in another episode, and it's pretty plain. So there it really is just more of the flour, water, yeast, salt thing, and then you get the flavoring from what the toppings are on it. Where for kasha, I like to get the seasoning in the dough, too, because I'm one of those people that eats all the crust when I eat my pizzas. And it's just funny because I recognize, you know, I go out to eat dinner with friends and family or whatever. And they don't always eat the crust. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, that's kind of the best part. So the main ingredients in focaccia is a high gluten flour, olive oil, water, salt, and yeast. And to my recipe, you'll see that I it did add a bit of sugar for a little bit of sweetness. It's not going to taste sweet by any means. It kind of almost offsets the other spices. And I did not add honey to this recipe. Um, the reason why is because honey is a little bit heavier and I like the light flakiness of this dough. So that's why I added your granulated sugar. Even though it's not as healthy as honey is for you, I still want to keep that good texture that of uh, focaccia. 
And I'm going to talk to you about the main ingredients, how to put them together, and you're going to knead the dough. And then I'm also going to discuss some options for you of herbs to try. And we've made several through the years in the bakery. And you can also do what we've done is lately is we talk, call it focaccia bread art. So it was the first day of spring and I came up with this idea of, um, oh, celebrating spring, so March 21st. And so we made uh, focaccia flowers. What that was about was after the dough did its first rising, we shaped it and we put it in a sheet pan and then we added in toppings. And this particular one we're doing, I think I was on Pinterest or I Googled it or whatever, just put it in focaccia bread art and you'll get all kinds of ideas. And so I did one with like pepitas, which is, you know, baby or the pumpkin seeds. And I put those on the layer on the bottom. So it kind of had to look like it was the ground part. And the other ones, I had some spinach and I used to use, it was fresh spinach. And I put those down as part of the ground on like on the bottom third of the, of the loaf. And then I put in flower stems. And so I used um, what we had in the bakery, which happened to be, we have zucchini. We do a zucchini bread. And so I cut that up in thin strips and that was my flower stem. And then for the flower petals, I use, sometimes I just use one tomato and that was the flower. And the other ones I did, like I did strips of red peppers and yellow peppers. And I think I even had some orange peppers in there. And so that was my other flower. And keep in mind, you can do whatever you use, whatever you have. We also happen to have olives because we do a, it's actually an Italian grinder loaf or excuse me, Italian grinder sandwich. And so we have black olives for that and pepperoncini. So I added some of those on top too. I'll include a link to my show notes the, for the YouTube video. And what I did is I just talk, took a, a short video. I mean, it's, it's like a minute long of what the good dough stage feels like in focaccia because it's a little bit different than other doughs. Um, it's wetter than your traditional doughs. I want some of it sticking to the bottom of the mixer bowl. And so you'll see that when I um, show that in the YouTube video. And then the other thing, I just took a picture of the end result. So you kind of see a little bit of the focaccia art. And trust me, there's plenty of it on there on the internet. You can get all kinds of fun ideas. Okay, so you do have some decisions to make here. And that's the type of herbs. And this is going to make two one pound loaves, or it's basically two medium sized loaves, or you could do one huge one if you did, but I'm going to suggest two. And then it's even more fun to do two because if you're just going to add on different toppings, you can do two different versions. And I will tell you that if you want to do one one night and save one for the next day, that you certainly can take after the first rising, which is an hour to an hour and a half, you can take the dough and put it in a bag and throw it in the refrigerator um, and then pull it out let it get to room temperature and just start where you left off. The last thing is you can also freeze it and just do the same thing. Pull it out, but it'll last a lot longer for the day. So the general rule, and there's always exceptions to every general rule, but the general rule is that I never had a problem taking dough and after the first rising, putting it in the refrigerator and then baking off half the next day. And we just did it in the bakery for hot cross buns because Today is uh, March 23rd. We're going to have Easter for a while. Easter is April 4th. So there's not a huge demand for hot cross buns, but we got someone that ordered two dozen. So we're happy to make it. So there's going to be extra dough. So we'll bake some off tomorrow 
it will be fine because I've done that quite a bit. So the same thing with focaccia, you're good with that. Um, you can save half of it and bake it off later if you choose. I'm going to tell you what, what we do in the bakery. I'm going to give you our traditional recipe and it does have seasoning in it, but it's kind of light on the seasoning. And because I like doing that focaccia art and so we top it even with more flavor. So I don't want to get, you know, like crazy <laughs> amount of complexity and and basically it's just too much. Sometimes less is more when it comes to seasoning too, even though I tend to, if I err on one side or the other, I definitely err on probably over seasoning. On the herbs, if you're going to put herbs inside the dough, then what I would suggest, you throw them in when you throw olive oil. And the reason why is because it, a lot of times they're dried herbs. And that's what generally what we're using a lot of times in the bakery. The flavor will come out when it, the moisture of the olive oil. Okay, so it develops flavor to it also be more consistent. And the reason it's going to be more consistent is because the olive oil will disperse more evenly. As opposed to just throwing in the herbs with the flour. You're not going to get that disbursement and you're not going to have that same flavor developed. And in this recipe, it calls for a quarter cup of olive oil. And it doesn't have to be like the super high grade olive oil. It's just any type of olive oil. Because the thing with the expensive olive oils, you want that for like, save that for dipping. But when you're cooking with olive oil, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. Quarter cup of olive oil. And then here is some options. You can use a half a teaspoon of oregano, half a teaspoon of thyme. You can also use basil or marjoram. Just limit it to no more than a teaspoon total. So we use the oregano and the thyme, and then we also add in the tablespoon of, it's a powdered garlic, so it'll disperse easier. Now, if you want to use fresh garlic, just chop it real fine. And then a quarter teaspoon of pepper. I like a little, so the pepper doesn't like salt. So salt has a chemistry component to the bread dough and where pepper does not, it's just a flavor deal. So it's just a pinch of pepper, um, but I like that in there. And then another version, I'm still gonna keep the garlic in there and the pepper, but in this one, what I did is I took a, we take a cup of, um, we have sun-dried tomatoes and we have black olives that um, come in a can. And so what you want to do is make sure you drain your olives. And um, if it comes in olive oil, either your sun-dried tomatoes or your olives, you definitely want to keep that oil and add that to your dough. Just sub out whatever portion you have for the quarter cup that's called for in the recipe. What you want to do is chop up your sun-dried tomatoes a bit and then you add that into the dough. I mean, they're pretty small, the sun-dried tomatoes and the olives. So you could add it in right in the initial mix. Um, in other words, if you're adding in bigger items that are hard, you want to get to the good dough stage and then add in the bigger objects because you don't want it cutting into that gluten development. But with sun-dried tomatoes and the little black olives, they're pretty small and they're soft. So it's, it's not gonna really going to cut into the development of the of the gluten and the second thing is this is a flatbread right so it's going to be so because with the consequence if you have cut into the gluten development you're going to get a short squatty loaf where this is pretty short and squatty to start with so it's not as much of a risk 
The other thing that's popular is just a straight rosemary focaccia. And that is something that we generally have on hand as well. And so the rosemary focaccia, I still put the garlic in, right? So the one tablespoon of powdered garlic and a quarter teaspoon of pepper, and then we'll add in the rosemary. Now, I would leave out all the oregano or the thyme or the basil, uh, but that's my style. Now, the benefit of baking at home, as you know, is you can bake to your own taste, right? So go ahead. But the traditional way to do like a rosemary focaccia is to leave out the other seasoning and just put in the garlic, salt, and pepper. If you have fresh rosemary, I have a whole ton of rosemary around my property. Use about three sprigs. And those sprigs are, uh, it's like three or four inches long worth of rosemary. And I've had to look this up because I, we use a lot of rosemary in the bakery and, and I got it growing like wild all around my house. So I bring a lot of it in. So like one sprig would equal about a teaspoon of ground rosemary or a tablespoon of actual like the rosemary leaves. And that's the uh, kind of like the pine, pine leaves, you know, they're kind of long and thin and spiky. <laughs> so the end result is you're going to get about a tablespoon of ground rosemary or three tablespoons of the leaves. And I do like the look of the leaves better. It's eye popping and people buy with their eyes first. And that's also how they taste. So if it looks great, then they're going to think it even tastes better. Whereas ground rosemary, you just don't see it. So it might even have the same flavor, less or more, but it um, doesn't have that same punch as a leaf and it doesn't have the same look. But that's being said, if all you've got is ground rosemary, then just use that. Okay, then you're going to add in a one and a half cups of warm water and two packages or one and three fourths tablespoons of your active dry yeast and then four cups of unbleached bread flour. Now, if you want to be a real authentic Italian, then you can use their flour, the double ot or double OO flour. And what that is, it's basically just finely milled flour. So the double ot stands for the milling process. It doesn't have anything to do with the protein level. And the finely milled flour, what, what's going to happen? It's going to produce a lighter texture and a somewhat finer crumb. But that being said, we don't carry that type of flour in the bakery. And so I've never made focaccia with it. So if you just have your bread flour, that's great. And in this recipe, this particular loaf, like I said, it's a flatbread. So if you don't have your bread flour, it's not that big of a deal. Just use your all-purpose flour or your cake flour. You know, it, it'll work out just fine. And I wouldn't say that if you're making something like grandma's white dough. You need to have a bread flour because you want to get that height on that sandwich loaf and you're just not going to get it unless you have a, a bread flour, a higher protein. Okay, to that you're going to add your tablespoon of sugar, a tablespoon of salt. And then you're going to knead. And it's a little bit wetter dough, so it is kind of stick to your hand a little bit more so. And, and then get to that good dough stage and then let it sit there. And if you notice in this recipe, it's got quite a bit of yeast. Um, so it's going to double in bulk and it's going to take probably about an hour. It could take an hour and a half, depending upon the temperature of your home. Don't have to turn up the heat. Just keep an eye on it. Check it after about an hour. If it, it's doubled, then go ahead. And this is kind of, this is an easy recipe, so don't overthink it. If it looks like it's good, then just go ahead and shape it. 
I mean, this is a much easier bread to make than your ciabatta. And it's much easier to make than like the artisan sourdough or some of the other hard crusted. Looks good after about an hour. Then you want to push down the dough with your fist. You know, they often refer to it as punching, but I prefer to say like a gentle little push. <laughs> and then you take this dough and then you put it on your uh, lightly floured surface and, and just divide it into two equal sizes. And then what you want to do is shape it. We shape it rectangular, but you can shape it round if you prefer. And it's literally about an inch to two thick. Now you want to turn your oven up. And this is a higher heat oven. So I like to bake the focaccia at about 425 degrees. It really, it really does. It produces a nicer um, texture. So it's a little bit um, crustier on the outside. And yet it's um, soft and delicate on the inside. And here is where you're going to do your dippling. So it's really what I take my fingertips and just poke all around. So when I'm spreading that focaccia, um, you can either just do a, a round and then put it on a cookie sheet, or you can spread it into the whole length of the cookie sheet. And that'll probably be the whole recipe. You just push it with your fingertips and then you kind of dimple on top. You just poke, 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 poke. And you'll see little dimples on top. And then now you take it and you brush it with olive oil. And if you don't have a brush, just put some olive oil in the middle and spread it around with your hands. And here's where, if you're going to make the rosemary focaccia, is that you want to throw some of the rosemary leaves up on top of it. That would just be your rosemary focaccia. Now here's where, if you're going to do the artwork, I wouldn't put olive oil all over it. Because I tell you why, because we tried that, then the whole thing was, <laughs> it just got slippery. So you're trying to like push in these, you know, the stem for the flower and it was slippery. It, you're better off just not using the olive oil for if you're going to try to produce flowers or, you know, whatever you want to produce. I mean, I, there's some like really creative stuff out there on the Internet. Um, I just kept it simple. It was kind of a spring flower deal. Okay, so then after you get it all decorated or seasoned, now it's going to rise again. And usually it's, you know, 15 minutes is probably sufficient. I mean, if you want to go a little longer, you can go 30 minutes when in doubt. Um, but the same time is, like I said, um, this is a pretty forgiving dough, so I wouldn't overthink it. So after 15 minutes, looks good. I'd probably pop it in the oven. And you want to make sure your oven is preheated, especially when you get to these higher temperature doughs. And I would start with, 20 minutes at that 425 and then let's say it's not done and i do like a higher temperature of the dough if you've listened to other podcasts i generally say about 180 a little over 180 this one i'd like to go about 190 and that was taken with the temperature with the thermometer that you poke in the middle of the dough but let's say you don't want to do that you don't have to but it should be on the bottom you should see it it should be lightly tan kind of a little bit brownish perhaps on the bottom and that's how you tell if it's really done and if you want to bake it longer after 20 minutes i would turn the oven down to 350 um the reason why is because i'm afraid you're going to burn your toppings trust me we've done it <laughs> way too many times and that's why when i talked to you about the sun-dried tomato and the olive version we put those inside the dough so that goes in there right with the yeast and the flour and the whole nine yards. So it's the initial mix. We put those in there 
because I have put sun-dried tomatoes on top of the dough after the first rising, you know, after the shaping. And you pulled it out of the oven and then I got burnt sun-dried tomatoes on top. I mean, they're like black. <laughs> and so then you end up like picking off the burnt sun-dried tomatoes um, and the rest of the loaf was perfect. And then I tried soaking the sun-dried tomatoes first to see if I could get them from burning, but they still burnt a bit. So you're better off just either putting it in the dough or baking it, maybe, you know, the 20 minute range and then turn your oven down and bake for the rest. And this focaccia, I do like to cool it on a rye rack. And if it's a plain focaccia, it's easy because what we do at the bakery, we just flip, we take the sheet pan and flip it over on our bread rack and then it cools like that. If you don't take it out of your sheet pan, what happens is it just gets a little bit soggier on the bottom. It's not, it's not, I shouldn't say soggy, wetter. And um, so it's not like a real bad soggy bottom. It's not like a, you know, like a big loaf of bread that's big and heavy. If you don't take that out of the pan, it's really going to end up a soggy bottom. But because this is, you know, only a couple inches high, it's not as crucial to put it on a wire rack, but I definitely prefer it because I like the air on the, to come up on the bottom of the loaf and it'll keep that nice crust. All right. I thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed the focaccia. And if you want to support the podcast, just leave a review or better yet, share it with a friend. If you notice, I don't have advertisers on this podcast. Well, really tell you the truth. I hate ads. <laughs> and when I'm listening to these podcasts, I mean, because I listen to a lot of different podcasts. I, uh, I can't grab my phone fast enough to try to fast forward, you know, through the ads. And I, I think it's because ads are not really all that relevant to me. It's not something that I respond to. It's like, oh, wow, I heard that ad about, you know, blankety blank. Oh, I'm going to go check that out. Um, I mean, really, and, and it's often re- way worse when I'm on my computer and now you get these pop-up ads and it's about stuff, you know, that I looked at on a completely different website two days ago and all of a sudden it's <laughs> coming back and I can't get those annoying ads off my, you know, my newsfeed quick enough. I will spare you all that, but if you could do me a favor is just uh, let a friend know, you know, that they might like the podcast if they're bakers. And on that note, thank you for listening and spreading the good word. Until next time, happy baking.